ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Massive Breakdown, episode 69, Giggity. And this is the one coming to you December 12th. Uh, it is the update after Curse of Osiris. We're going to be talking about what is included in that update. We're going to be talking about our one week in review of Curse of Osiris. We're also going to be talking about some upcoming future plans we have for the rest of December. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get the introductions out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Mercury, joined tonight by Kit Kutcha. And how are you doing tonight, Kit? Um, can't complain, man. Cannot complain because nobody would care if I did. Um, no, I'm hanging in there. Uh, looking forward to uh, diving into the latest news, updates, and stuff for Destiny here. Uh, how about you, man? What you been up to? Um, not too bad. Allergies have been killing me, but besides that, I've just been uh, steady working and everything. My girlfriend's been on a 12-day vacation or 10-day vacation in Hawaii, and she comes back tomorrow night. So looking forward to seeing her again. But besides that, I've actually been playing quite a bit of Destiny, a, a lot more than I was playing before Curse of Osiris. So I attribute that slightly to uh, the Lens Weekend or the Prometheus Lens Weekend because <laughs> that was actually a ton of fun for me. I that loved was fun. it very, very much. Um, but I've also been trying to grind out for those uh, for those Curse of Osiris Mercury weapons. Uh, I think we're going to do a review of those probably next week once we've had a little bit more time with them. Um, but I, I'm I'm not going to say I like I like the grind because I was never a grinder. Like I just you know got the weapons that I wanted to get so that I could use them in PvP, and I didn't care if I was given them after one playthrough or ten playthroughs. But you know, it is nice to have a reason to log back into Destiny and and actually have a goal to shoot for. So, I, so I'm appreciating that. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been reading a lot about this grind. I've not uh, haven't haven't dove into that yet, um, but I'm I'm teed up to do so. So, uh, looking forward to uh, kind of starting to explore those, and hopefully, we'll be ready to talk about those next week, like you said. And uh, so we had an update today. I guess it was uh, the called the one after Cursor of Osiris. It didn't make any huge gameplay changes, uh, but it did add a couple of new things for us. The first, and probably, I wouldn't say most important, but based on the way the community was freaking out about it, you'd think it was the most important thing that they changed, <laughs> is they made it to where people who did not buy Curse of Osiris could now play Trials on weekends when there is not a Curse of Osiris map being used, which I think is realistically probably the way it should have been from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, they also made it to where they brought the Prestige Leviathan down to 300, so it was actually the same level as uh, the normal Leviathan raid, but it just has the Prestige mechanics, and of course that means it no longer drops 330 gear, which, uh, again, is not really important because you can infuse the gear anyway, so all it will do is slow you down and not let you hit that max level so fast, but at the same time, I don't really think it was a good idea for them to try to lock that behind Curse of Osiris anyway, so I'm glad that people can play it. Uh, Nightfall, on the other hand, will remain a highest level activity, uh, and what they did to get around that is they just removed the achievement needing to beat the Prestige Nightfall, and they made it the Prestige Raid instead. So I think that was a pretty good compromise as far as stuff goes. I know some people are probably salty that there's less ways that they can get 330 armor, but at the same time, you guys asked for a grind, and it actually makes more sense that there would be less ways as opposed to more. And the people who didn't buy Curse of Osiris should be happy because now they can get all the achievements, and they can do basically everything they could have done uh, before Curse of Osiris came out, too. Yeah, I can't really complain about the, uh, about the compromise there. Uh, in my opinion, you know, if you want to play on the Curse of Osiris maps with the rest of us, you gotta got to pay the piper. And if you don't, then uh, I guess you don't. I guess you don't do the nightfall that week, like you know, not really, not really a world-ending uh, loss. That's that's how it goes with any kind of a live, uh, massively multiplayer-style game. 
um, or even just a regular multiplayer style game. You know, you go and try to play uh, Call of Duty or something. You're not going to be able to play on uh, on on maps that require payment. You're going to miss those games, uh, and that's just kind of tough luck. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a <laughs> it's not Bungie screwing you. It's it's just you know you can get you got to do business if you're playing an online game. It is what it is. So. Uh, I feel like I feel like that was really, uh, you know, the way they addressed that was good. I, I, I liked that they came out and said, hey, we feel like we could have handled this better, so we're going to handle it better. Boom, done. And, I mean, they definitely should have handled it better because they had to go through this almost this exact same thing with Tate and King, so it kind of surprised me that they made the same mistake twice, but hopefully uh, second time is the charm and they'll learn from it. There's also a bunch of glitch fixes. We're not really going to talk no. about too much of those. Uh, but they adjusted the functionality of the chest reward throttle, which was that farming cooldown, mm -hmm. uh, to where you will still get um, loot, basically. It will never give you nothing at all, but it probably won't give you uh, you know, as much as it would the first time you open a chest if you've opened up 15 chests in the last three minutes. So uh, similar to that, Cade's stashes will now always grant rewards. They go via the loot stream as opposed to popping out of the box and sometimes disappearing into the ground, which was an issue. And then a couple of other, basically it's just a bunch of glitches that they fixed. They fixed some user interface glitches, some collection ones, uh, some faction rally stuff. They made it to where you can't farm the same chest multiple times in quick succession. Uh, and then the big thing for this update is they actually added in something called Masterworks, which we spoke of that before. It's like an upgraded version of a legendary weapon where you're allowed to add either plus 5 or plus 10 to one stat, a little bit more stability, a little bit more range, a little bit more reload speed, usually one burst or one extra round in the magazine, something like that. And then it tracks your kills in PvE or it tracks your kills in PvP, and it creates orbs on double kills. So it's not quite random rolls that I would like. Uh, it's not quite you know, the coolest thing ever at this exact point in time, but it is something a little bit better than what we had before. So I, I can't say I'm going to complain about that. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about, about this step. Um, I, it's, it's like, uh, like armor mods. It's something where I, I wish that they would take it further get a little bit crazier, even if it's just like PVE only mods that don't work in the crucible, but do something, uh, a little off the wall, um, or a little more creative. Hopefully that's something that they are looking at for 2018. I know they said they were looking at doing more with mods uh, in the future, so it's something I'm going to continue to hold out hope for. Um, if you're curious, uh, I have I have perused API data, and unless they're hiding something, which you know they might be, um, the uh, the full list of all perk bonuses that you can get from Masterworks, um, and I'll, I'll add this to the show notes if you don't feel like taking your own notes. Is, uh, is as follows. You can get a plus 10 to handling or to reload speed or plus 10% to both magazine and ammo capacity. That's a single masterwork option right there. Um, or you can get plus 5 to range, stability, blast radius, velocity, and impact. Obviously, blast radius and velocity limited to rocket launchers. And impact, from what I've seen so far, might be limited to snipers and shotguns. Can't really... Can't really say 100% at present. Have not been able to <laughs> grind to the point that I can be that confident. So, uh, and, and haven't been able to get enough data either from the community to really say with any certainty. But that's what we know so far. So, uh, it's something. Uh, it's it's fun and uh, it's it's definitely definitely a grind. Looks like they they heard the complaints about the lack of grind, and they put some grind in your grind, man. 
I mean, yeah. And uh, apparently, according to Reddit at least, it's about a 10% chance that you get a masterwork weapon when you level up the gunsmith. So that's all right. You're not going to be in a ton of them. Uh, but everyone you break down does give you between one and three masterworks shards. And you can use, I believe, 10 of those to make any weapon that you want into a masterworks gun. So there's definitely going to be a grind for them. Uh, not everyone is going to have them. The casual players probably aren't going to end up with too many of them. Um, they also brought down the drop rates for legendary and exotic ingrams in public events, but they upped them for striking crucible playlist activities. Uh, can confirm I have gotten very, very many legendary and exotics from playing crucible this weekend. Zur now sells a three of coins consumable, and what that does is you don't have to stack it. It basically just increases the chance of dropping exotics for everyone in the fire team for i believe like four hours flat or something like that uh, which is much much better and then he also sells one faded ingram a week which is guaranteed to give you an exotic that you do not have uh, but you only get one of those per week so that's definitely a way to cut down on those duplicates and at least make it to where every time Zer shows up he's bringing you at least one thing that you're gonna that you're gonna have so i'm definitely gonna be stopping by and visiting Zer this weekend um there were some more bugs with exotics. Obviously, Prometheus Lens was outputting way too much damage. Uh, what? They basically nerfed it into the ground. It is totally useless now, um, much to my chagrin. I very much enjoyed playing with Prometheus Lens this weekend. It was funny because basically everybody was using the exact same gun. Yeah. Right? So everybody was on a perfectly even footing. There was no more high caliber rounds. There was no more crazy aim assist from Mida. Like, every single person had the exact same weapon, and I absolutely loved it because the fact of the matter is is if you're bad just because you have prometheus lens does not mean you're going to kill someone who is good who has prometheus lens it felt like uh the skill ceiling was a little bit higher i was able to flank i was able to take down multiple people uh, i have a couple of recordings that i that i absolutely am super proud of where i it was me versus three other people and simply through uh, dodging in and out and some nice aim and some good positioning, I was able to absolutely brutalize teams of players that weren't really that good, which is which is fun. It's something I haven't really been able to do in Destiny 2 up to this point. Um, and it kind of just goes to prove the point that team shotting at the highest level is still extremely powerful, but for the casual player, when you drop the time to kill so much to where it's that fast, they don't feel the need to team shot anymore. I didn't run, I think I played maybe 15 games this weekend, and I don't think I ran into a single team that was focused on team shotting. And even when I was running with a team, I didn't focus on team shotting that much. Every once in a while I would, but I didn't feel like I needed to. I felt like I could kill people fast enough that I didn't need to stick right next to a teammate. And I absolutely loved it, and I hope the data they gathered this weekend uh, leads them to maybe pushing the weapons in the direction of being a little bit more lethal. Yeah, I think a lot of people are... Uh are in the same uh, in the same boat. They're agreeing that uh, it might be nice to speed things up a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm I'm totally fine if they don't want to take things quite that far uh, for weapons across the board. But I think a nice incremental bump. Take a look at what it does. Another incremental bump down the road uh, might uh, might might breathe some uh, some more life back into the crucible and kind of spice things up for us. Um, you know, I I also had fun with the laser with the laser light show. I really found it was it was a ton of fun being able to flank and not uh, not have to run away immediately um, every single time. Actually, being able to one v one somebody and win or lose on you know on your own merits and not just because you know hey they've got high caliber rounds and you're you're just going to get out flinched uh, by that Uriel's or or what have you. 
um, being on an even footing like that, it kind of kind of took me back to to playing Halo uh, years and years ago, back when everybody had the uh, same assault rifle uh, and the same pistol, and it was just kind of a it was nice. It was fun. It was a good good change of pace. Yeah, I, I did very much enjoy that aspect of Halo that everybody is on the exact level playing field, and it's just all it is is gun skill and mechanics and map knowledge that distinguishes you. There's nothing. You know, and that's, I think, what people disliked about Destiny 1 that ended up bringing us to where we are today is that they didn't like the fact that it didn't feel like an even playing field sometimes. And so what Bungie did is they said, fine, here's your even playing field. And they made everything super dull and everything super boring and everything super weak. And now we do have an even playing field for the most part. Things like high caliber rounds knock that off. And that's that's not fun. That's why I think high caliber rounds should have no effect in PvP. But... You know, it's for the most part, it's as level a playing field as it's ever been, but it's super boring. This wasn't the type of level playing field we wanted. And I, I bring this up because there was actually a post on, on Destiny, uh, the game today, uh, which talked about, it said something like that. He, basically, this guy being like, I'm partially to blame for Destiny 2's problems, and I'm sorry. And he goes on to say that almost every change that came about in Destiny 2 was because of something the community asked for at some point in time. Yeah. I read that. And and I, I wanted to say something too, but I believe someone beat me there. It was like, well, you know, the community is partially to blame. They asked for a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, Bungie, it wasn't like they gave us what we wanted. We asked for things and we provided suggestions and they went the opposite direction of the suggestions. When we said we wanted more primary focused gameplay, we wanted primaries to be stronger, not everything to be weaker. When we said we wanted less ability spam, it means we wanted abilities that did less of it for you, like tracking grenades, like skip grenades and axiom bolts and fusion grenades that had insane aim assist. We just wanted them to do less of it for you. We wanted to make it harder to use the abilities. We didn't want the abilities to be weaker. When we said we want to stop getting garbage rolls, it's because we wanted better perks, not fixed rolls on everything. Right. You, know, you know, we offered suggestions that probably would have been more difficult to implement, but we could have had the best of both worlds. And they acted on all of our critiques. I mean, they fixed basically every critique we had in Destiny 1, but the problem is they did it in the wrong direction. And they made things in a lot of people's minds worse, but I just thought that, uh, you know, that was kind of funny to see that because that's something I've been thinking of for quite a while. It's like, you know, the community did ask for this, but we didn't ask for it to be like this. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, and I think, uh, I forget now who tweeted, I think it might actually have been, have been Josh Hammer who tweeted it, you know, they, I, I think they, they tried to take a lot of our suggestions and implement them, and, and sometimes they hit the mark, and sometimes, sometimes they don't, um, and unfortunately, it, it, you know, it seems like a lot of things have kind of missed the mark with, uh, with some very vocal sections of the community, and, and some of those things have missed the mark with us as well, um, and while others have hit. So it's uh, it's interesting though. It's it's good to be reminded that hey, like <laughs> sometimes you don't know what you want. Sometimes you got to take a second before you complain and really think think it think it through logically and and acknowledge maybe your own part or uh, yep, you know. And, and I'm probably one of the few people, you said something's hit for us, I'm probably one of the few people who enjoys the two primary weapon system uh, and a power weapon far more than I ever enjoyed 
having a special weapon all the time. I mean, I, I liked having a sniper, don't get me wrong, but the amount of annoyance it caused me in the Crucible for everyone else to also have a weapon like that, I very much enjoy having two primary guns. I think it provides me with a lot more utility as a person, but I was the person who was getting 75 to 80% of my weapon kills with a primary weapon in Destiny 1 anyways. I was one of those very, very few people who mained my primary weapon as opposed to maining my special. Um, but that's a story for another time. There's another part of the update that I actually am, am pretty happy with, although I haven't gotten to test it myself. They have gift consumables yeah. now. So Shaq sells a fire team gift consumables, Zavala sells one, and Tess Everest sells three. Um, and basically what they are is they give a reward to all players at the end of a Crucible activity. It could be a round of exotics. It could be a bunch of faction tokens. Uh, Shaq sells the one for the Crucible. Zavala sells one for uh, strikes. And then Tess sells one for uh well she sells one for crucible she sells one for strikes and then she sells another one which i'm is temporarily eluding me specifically what it does but uh somewhat funnily enough the tess's ones give everyone an eververse reward uh at the end of a game so if you pop one of her crucible ones every single person at the end of the the match gets an eververse reward which is a pretty cool idea um they're pretty expensive i think it's like 800 silver dust for the crucible one 350 silver dust for the strikes one uh but i think those are those are really great ideas i think it's a way to like you know spread the wealth a little bit yeah i uh, i thought that was a really cool uh really cool notion uh for them to add in um you know with them being gifts and this kind of being the holiday season when a lot of people are giving gifts uh, i wasn't sure if it was something they were just going to be doing for this season if it's going to something that's going to stay in the game long term um, but, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to, uh, to log in and, and get some surprise bonus rewards from, from friends and enemies alike. Um, and, and to share some of those too. It's, I think it's really cool that they, uh, that they did that. And then another, another change I'm, I'm highly positive about the faction vendors now oh. offer the legendary gear, uh, for so direct happy. purpose with legendary purchase, sorry, with legendary shards and faction tokens. Now, the only issue that I have with this is that, uh, our vault space is still so yeah. minimal that even though now you can purchase all the gear, you can't actually hold all the gear, so you're kind of screwed that way. But, you know, this this leads me back to the thing that we were talking about before, we're needing random roles and masterworks, not necessarily being the, the totally correct answer for it. But, you know, the, the thing is, is it's cool that they sell it, and that's nice, but once you buy it once, that's all there is to it. Now that entire loot pool is basically worthless to you. Because there's no difference between your first uh, Mercury Cloak and your 40th Mercury Cloak. They're the exact same thing. Uh, they don't roll, even if they just rolled Resiliency, Mobility, Recovery randomly. That would be a huge, huge bonus to go along with it. Because right now, once I've gotten one, I just discard every other one. I don't even look at it. Or once I figured out that it doesn't have the stats I want, I just discard every version of it that I get forever. That that has been a big frustration for me as well. Um, uh, and unfortunately, it seems like a lot of the, not a lot, but some of the gear sets that I would actually be interested in pursuing uh, are Hunter Mobility Gear, which is just an auto, uh, auto shard for me. Like I just can't, I just can't run max mobility. I won't, I won't do it. You're not. No one's gonna convince me that it's that it's worth it. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, I kind of miss out on those sets. So, you're, yeah. you're not wrong. I mean, it's it's just another 
it's just you don't you know you don't have to increase the perk pool so much with rng perks that 90 percent of the rolls you get are garbage you could make it to where you know it might take three or four versions before you get the one that you want or that you have the possibility of getting the one that you want i mean there's only three options right and it rolls with two of them you know you can have it set with base stats and then the perks that it comes on roll differently or you can have it roll with random stats and the perks that it comes on roll differently but the fact of the matter is is there's only a couple of perks it's not like it's gonna take you forever to to get the one that you want you know you'd get it pretty quickly um i mean even if they set the base stats to roll there's only three base configurations like it's you know yeah, which is you know across an entire armor set, that's still a fair amount of grinding and collecting to get whatever you want. Survivalist, uh, if you're me, um, heavy if you're you. So it's uh, you know, but it's but it's enough that it adds some. It it kind of adds something to shoot for, which I think is something you've been trying to get at. Yeah, and the same thing with guns. I mean, if you don't want us to constantly be like, God, I got another crap roll. Then just make the perk pool really, really small. I mean, make the perk pool really, really small, but allow it to still roll randomly because, I mean, there's some guns that I auto-shard because I hate the sights on them, and I will never get another pair of sights. It's not going to hurt anyone to get a different pair of sights. You know, just make the perk pool really, really small and make sure that every perk that's in the pool... I mean, even if each slot only had five options I could roll in it, just the fact that there would be different things that I could get every single time... You know, I really, really, I understand why they don't want to do random rolls. I think that there were a lot of people who were upset that they had to grind forever and ever and ever get to that perfect Imago loop. And the guns that were the most popular guns all had fixed rolls anyways. But the guns that were the most popular guns had awesome fixed rolls, number one, which was ca- which they were able to do because not every gun had a fixed roll. Yeah. They were, it was capable of doing that. And on top of that, they almost always had a bonus perk because they were almost always raid or trials weapons. They either had a PvP-centric perk or a PvE-centric perk. And the fact of the matter is, raid armor doesn't have that. Raid weapons don't have that. Trials armor doesn't have that. Trials weapons don't have that. And it would be okay if those weapons still had set rolls. And at the same time, had an extra bonus perk. And I don't understand why they haven't done that. That seems so simple. It seems like there'd be no downside there would be only positive, you know, reinforcement from the community for that. But at the same time, it seems like they're doubling down on the idea that they want to stick with fixed roles. And I just, quite frankly, I disagree with it. I think they've artificially removed grind from the game that the only people who were grinding that before were people who enjoyed doing that. And that was a really large portion of the fan base. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it certainly was, a, um, you know, a, a large portion, if not the entirety of the people who stuck with the game long term. Uh, gained at least some kind of enjoyment out of that pursuit. Um, certainly more than they gained frustration or they you know, would have moved on. Um, and I say that as somebody who really doesn't fall into the grinding um, mentality, I think to the same extent that a lot of my friends and, and uh, you know, fellow guardians do. Um, you know, I, I tend to, to target a, a small number of things that you know, I've talked before. I like to front load my, my game time. I don't want to grind for everything. I want to grind for, you know, the, the six things that I actually want and then just who cares about everything else. I never collected all the strike-specific weapons because I didn't care. Um, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, like Grasp of Malak, which somebody who's only played Destiny 2 will have to Google that, um, I never really I never really grinded for it because I, I didn't really 
care to play with that archetype. And uh, I, you know, I looked at the odds of of getting a playable role, and I was like, eh, if a friend wants to grind for it, I'll go in with them. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to put together <laughs> a, a party to go after that. It just wasn't worth the time. So, but it's nice to have that option. And I didn't, I don't feel like I missed out by not getting that stuff. It didn't, it didn't hurt my gameplay in any way. I still had a, you know, a ton of fun in Destiny One. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a podcast about Destiny, so I think, I think you can guess how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I wish they would take a look at something. If they if they're gonna double down on this this fixed roles, I wish they would take a look at a few more ways to offer, uh, you know, some additional variation. The masterwork perks are a nice step, um, but I, I'd like to see them do more. I'd at the very least like to see the masterwork perks become more interesting than uh, than a small stat bonus. This is kind of what I was afraid they were going to limit themselves to. It's a start, so I don't want to criticize it. I want to applaud them for taking the step, um, but I hope it's it's the first of many steps. And that's probably all I can say about that without beating a dead horse debtor. Yeah, but they've already said that they are planning on uh they are planning on you know moving for the, farther with the mod system and with the master yeah. system, which I'm very much looking forward to. Because you're right, it would be if this was all it was, it'd be exceedingly disappointing. I mean, nobody I don't think would be happy with with the system the way it is right now it's it gives you something to shoot for but it's not something that really i have any reason to shoot for like you know probably the biggest gameplay change is that it's going to be able to make orbs on double kills which for pve will be able to make people's supers come back much much faster yeah um but you know and that solves one problem but it doesn't solve the problem of uh grenades still taking forever to recharge of melee is not being that strong i mean there's there's just there's tons of stuff that's still at play and still needs to be tweaked so uh, you know this is the exact same as the update from a week ago and the the state of destiny 2 post that they made it's all moving in the right direction but it's not nearly enough yep just not nearly they, they have a lot to do yep there'll definitely be some uh I guess uh, some some need for for change and more information from them. It it seems though like they at least have made some good efforts as far as communication. The last couple of weeks, they they heard loud and clear. People were upset and they did respond. Um, I wish they I wish they'd spoken up sooner, but I can't fault them for you know addressing criticism very frankly uh, and without you know without uh, getting defensive or. Um, you know, responding negatively, they've been they've been extremely level and and positive. And uh, even if I'm not happy with everything that's been done yet, um, I got to give them props for that. In fairness, they kind of uh, they kind of have to not be defensive at this point. They've pretty much worn out any semblance of goodwill they have with the community. Uh, at least the overwhelming vocal community, yeah. maybe not the rest of it, because they're still a pretty substantial portion of the player base out there that just enjoys playing the game and doesn't and doesn't speak up that much but i think that was actually one of the top posts on one of the destiny subreddits i think maybe it was the destiny 2 subreddits does anybody just play games anymore um everybody's got to complain about them yeah (laughs) um yeah no people now spend as much time on reddit complaining about games as they do playing the games that's that's 
that's the world we live in today. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's your right. I can't take that away from anybody. Um, well, I think that kind of takes us through the, uh, the updates and changes, uh, unless I'm missing anything of note. There, there were a lot of kind of small bits in there that aren't probably really worth talking about. You can read through all this yourself, of course, on, on BNet and probably already have, so. Yep, and the thing is, we, I mean, we kind of covered what we were going to talk about anyways, which was, we're going to do like a weekend review of Cursor Osiris, and we pretty much already told you where, where it is that we stand on it, so we kind of covered that as well. Um, yeah. I am liking a lot of the new weapons that I've gotten so far. They don't necessarily feel powerful, but just the fact that they're different, I'm enjoying playing with them. You know, I'm enjoying the hunt to what I've done, what I've done every single update, unless I really, really had something I truly was in love with that I could not let go. Uh, what I try to do every update is I try to get a brand new loadout of all new weapons, all new armor. So I had my Season 1 loadout, and now I'm going to have my Season 2 loadout. I'm going to have all Season 2 armor, I'm going to have all Season 2 weapons. I just, you know, it, it keeps things fresh for me. It gives me a reason to hunt for stuff. So that's probably why I'm enjoying it so much right now. Uh, thankfully, I got the Colony, which is truly exceptional. Uh, it is a hilarious, hilarious weapon. It is exactly, in my opinion, what an exotic should be. It's not overpowered, it's really easy to run away from the little spiders or just straight up jump, uh, but the spiders are hilarious and I think it's really funny. And you know, I, I've got the, uh, I'm, I've got some boots I'm really excited to try out for my hunter, the, uh, I think they're called the Gemini Jester, where when you dodge it disorients nearby enemies and removes their radars, which I'm super happy about, I'm absolutely going to be trying that on my Night Stalker. So, you know, I, I've got some fun stuff that I'm looking to play. I'm still super excited to do the raid layer. I'm going to be doing it at some point in time, hopefully this weekend. Um, I didn't get to do it this week because one of our clan mates is slow to level up and we're trying to give him some time to do it. But really, really excited. Everything I've heard about that has been exceptional. And I think the Curse of Osiris, when it first came out, was very, very disappointing. But I think it's actually aging relatively well. And I think with the dawning going to come out in probably two weeks, I think it's only going to get better from here. And I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I, I don't have the colony yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that, that thing looks like just a, just a blast to screw around with. Um, I'm also really looking forward to uh, the hopeful return of SRL. I think everybody heard that line in the story mission, Are You Showing Off? Um, I <laughs> that, that line reminded me that I should have probably been on my sparrow through that entire section and not just walking because I was like, no, I'm not showing off. What are you talking about? Oh, this is an SRL track. Um, you know, we uh, ran a little uh, ran a little poll on the old Twitter account and uh, my puns did not deter people from voting. Uh, the, the vast majority agree that uh, SRL, yes, it is returning. Um, so that's... Uh, that's good to hear. I hope that I hope that's in the works. I, I really would find it hard to believe that it wouldn't be, but that's uh, that's exciting. I loved SRL. I mean, I'm almost certain that SRL is going to come back. It's just a matter of uh, when and not if. I'm hoping it's uh, sooner rather than later, because I very much loved Spare Racing League, especially the second time through. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to come back this year. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to bring it back for the dawning. Uh, don't say that. I think we would have heard something about it. Well, we haven't heard anything about the dawning yet, except that it exists. So, don't don't break my heart until Bungie does. <laughs> um. Well, the last thing on the docket, uh, unless you had anything else before I. 
Okay, uh, we've got a patron's corner this week. We're uh, a week behind this month. Um, but I wanted to just take a brief couple of minutes to say thank you to those folks who, uh, who support us on Patreon. Uh, these, uh, these guardians make it possible for us to, uh, to have a fancy website and unlimited audio hosting and um, do, do the things that we do without having to think about uh, where the money's going to come from to pay for them. And uh, that's just that's something we never really imagined was going to happen when we started this thing. So thank you to all of you. And uh, specifically, I want to shout out a couple of people. We had one new patron last month, uh, Zarson, uh, one of my clan mates, phenomenal guy. Thank you so much for the support, man. It means a ton that you would pledge. Um, so just uh, <laughs> when you hear this, when you hear this, hit me up. I actually still, I, uh, I ditched you the other weekend, and I've, now I feel extra terrible about it as I'm thinking back. So <laughs> um, I think I had a good reason at the time. It was probably a dad reason. Uh, I think I had a screaming child, but but nonetheless, uh, hit me up, man. Uh, a couple other folks I want to just uh, shout out real quick to some folks who have hit their six-month pledge mark. Uh, Bone Star, Dropkick Hoonigan, Falcons King, Snatching Panda, uh, all phenomenal guardians. Thank you so much for six months of support. That's uh, that's amazing that you guys have stuck with us. Uh, appreciate you. That's, that's about all I can say about that. Um, we had a couple of... Uh, couple of questions as well in our uh, Discord from the Patrons Lounge, so I want to run through those real quick. Um, these actually, I think, both are for you, Mercules. So, Inquazi uh, wants to know what you think the best sniper rifle in PvP is. And I'm, I'm just not even going to touch that one, because I would probably say, like, Darcy or something, and I know that's not the right answer. <laughs> uh, I can count on zero fingers the number of times I've been killed by a Darcy in the Crucible. Um, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so the easy answer for that one is uh, the Long Walk, which is the Season 1 Trials sniper rifle, which basically has quick draw. It's an aggressive archetype, which in uh, Destiny 2 is equivalent to the Thousand Yard Stare. Um and the biggest drawback to snipers in Destiny 2 is the fact that their handling speed is so slow by default, but because the long walk has quick draw, it uh, basically negates that entire thing. Now the problem is it still has a three-round magazine, uh, but it does have slideways, so you can reload just by sliding, which is pretty neat. Um, I actually don't like that weapon the most. I found a couple of other ones that I'm, that I'm pretty into. Uh, Show of Force is another aggressive sniper rifle which has pretty high handling by default and it has ata scout which actually increases the handling a little bit to short range scope it also has a perk which bumps the magazine size up to four and to me that felt the most like a d1 sniper of any sniper i've played with i also liked shepherd's watch uh, which is an adaptive archetype which is equivalent to the uh, patience and time archetype from destiny one uh, but I felt like I really needed to run a power weapon handling mod, armor mod, to use that one because it, it has pretty terrible handling uh, on its own. I also, I, I tried to use Copperhead and Widow's Bite, the rapid fire ones. Just just not really a fan. Uh, just not really a fan. Part of my game as a sniper, even though I'm sitting probably about, uh, in Destiny 1, probably about a uh, between 60 and 70% headshot kill rate with snipers uh a big part of my game has always been doing enough body shot damage for easy cleanups 
And doing 100 to the body, just not enough for me. I don't care how fast it shoots. I'm not a fan. Um, but yeah, so I'd say Shepherd's Watch, uh, Show of Force, The Long Walk. Those are probably going to be your top three. I've also heard very, very good things about a single clap. Um, but I myself have not had a ton of success using it. But I will say that other people, especially people on Crucible Playbook, seem to be very, very high on it. And there's one in particular he also mentions, the uh, the New Monarchy uh, Maxim 11, um, um, which has snapshot sights and a low-zoom scope. Um, well, almo- almost every sniper... Almost every sniper comes with at least one scope that's low zoom in, in, yeah. uh, in Destiny 2. So they pretty much all have low zoom scopes. Or at least anyone that you're going to want to be using is going to have a low zoom scope. Um, I actually don't know anything about the Maxim from first-hand experience because I have not pledged New Monarchy at any point in time. I want nothing to do with their ugly red colors or their ugly red weapons. <laughs> um, but i can look it up and tell you what i think of it based on stats and perks uh looks like it doesn't have great reload speed doesn't have great inventory has pretty low aim assist it's got 51 aim assist which for the adaptive archetype is actually really low that's actually the lowest out of the entire adaptive archetype uh where it does excel is it's got pretty good stability pretty good handling and it's got range and obviously you said it's already got uh it's already got snapshot sights on it which is nice but all it does is increase the ads speed it doesn't actually increase the ready speed or anything like that and besides that it's got flared magwell uh for faster reloads i'm gonna say if you like that you're probably gonna like one of the other ones that i recommend to you more um because shepherd's watch has moving target which increases the aim assist uh and it already has 60 aim assist which is among the highest for the adaptive archetype and the the range is only a little bit less and it has a short zoom scope as well so i would just run a power handling mod and go with shepherd's watch honestly or single clap nice well there we go yeah i'm glad i stayed out of that one i i definitely don't have the sniping chops um and then this this question you actually already answered but i feel like we should mention it on the cast anyway um unknown rainbow asked um, let's see, he says, I jump around between my subclasses based on whatever the PvP quick play challenge modifiers are. Well, this has helped me get comfortable with the trees for the Hunter and Titan subclasses. Uh, am I hampering my ability to master a particular subclass? And, uh, specifically for you then, he's asking, he was asking for more detail about why you choose to run an all resilience build. Um, He's seen, you know, some people uh, will will talk up why they love to play all mobility, which I, which I, I can't fathom, and why they love to run all recovery, which is, is super fun to heal ridiculously fast. Um, but I think you gave a really good explanation for why you end up running max mo- uh, max resilience. So let's answer that first, and then we can talk about the subclass question. So I run max resilience. Uh, well, there's one thing that allows me to do it. Most importantly, is the fact that I ran minimal to no resilience on every, or sorry, minimal to no recovery on every character in D1. So I'm very, very used to having a slow recovery time, um, and it doesn't bother me. I've learned to play with it. It just, it never bothers me. I've always tried to max out armor, and the reason why I always try to max out armor is because the crucible isn't played in a vacuum. And although the resiliency chart doesn't necessarily show uh, increasing, I don't know, effectiveness over about six resiliency, 
the crucible is messy and a lot of times you have various random bits of damage being thrown in that add up to it and honestly i ran minimal resilience and max recovery and i ran max resilience and minimal recovery and i noticed myself surviving with a sliver of health multiple times a game when i ran max resilience and i noticed myself never surviving with a sliver of health or very rarely surviving with a sliver of health when i ran minimal resilience and honestly that is enough for me to say that resilience is what i want to run it's going to keep me alive a couple extra times a game and i've never been bad at disengaging i've always been very very excellent at figuring out when to disengage so the fact that i am low health almost never uh bothers me i'm very capable of dictating when i enter engagements and when i leave engagements it's probably my greatest strength as a player and so because of that i've just always felt like resilience was a more helpful thing to me and i'm totally fine if everybody else wants to run recovery but i highly recommend try running eight nine or ten resilience for a little bit and see if you don't notice yourself surviving just a little bit more often when you normally would have died and once you've done that it'll be almost impossible for you to go back to running anything less nice well when i uh when i get back onto my warlock here uh hopefully this week i will uh I will have to give that a shot here, and I've, I have definitely been tilting toward recovery. Um, but you've, uh, you know, your reply there and, and your explanation of it again here has really given me something to think about as far as maybe trying it the other way around. I don't know if I gave resilience uh, at a high level a fair shake uh, in, in PvP at least. So something to think about. Uh, there are a couple options, a couple good options for builds and reasons to run them either way. Um, so he also asked about uh, mastering a particular subclass um, because he's been he's been changing up his uh, his classes uh, to match the PvP challenge modifiers. And I guess the short answer from my point of view um, would be you know depending on your playtime with uh, with Destiny Two. Um, you probably are, to a certain extent, hampering your ability to master a particular subclass because a lot of it comes down to knowing it so well that you don't have to think about what you're doing. Everything is just uh, already kind of programmed into your brain. And so that's that's kind of my take on it. Maybe a very short answer, but it's not it's not a question I think that necessarily needs a long one. Um, um yeah, I mean, long term. Like the best players have experience on all the subclasses. Yep. And they have extensive experience on all the subclasses. So you have to ask yourself, what type of player are you? Are you a player who thinks they are at a high enough level that you need to start playing as other subclasses to gain a deeper understanding of the game? Because uh, if you are, then you will need to start playing as other subclasses. Because if you only ever play as a hunter gunslinger, you never ever play anything else. Uh, you're never going to know the weaknesses and strengths of the other subclasses, and you're never going to know how to counter them as well as you could uh, if you get a few thousand kills as an arc strider. Um, similarly, though, or in the same vein, if you are still learning a subclass, meaning you don't feel like you mastered Gunslinger yet, you're only going to hinder yourself by continually switching back and forth. There comes a certain point in time where you think you've gotten all the, all that you can get out of being a gunslinger, and then it's okay to switch. But if you're switching before you've reached that point, then you're doing yourself a disservice as a player, and it, it is going to slow your development a lot. Yep, and I think you I think you really spoke to um, what I kind of treated as a very short note is depending on on the amount of time that you're putting in. Um, 
you know, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is if you've if you've been able to put in the time to get really comfortable, um, I think you can mix it up and and still kind of master multiple. You, you, you can learn multiple skills at the same time, right? Um, any anybody can. <laughs> uh, we do it. All, we do it all the time in school, at work, um, in in regular life. We uh, we learn we learn new skills. Um, something I guess I spent some time talking to somebody about recently. Um, but, uh, but it does take, it does take time and, 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 uh, you know, diligent thought and, and practice, uh, to really master those skills. So if you only have, uh, five, 10 hours a week to put in and you're mixing it up constantly, you're not really getting a whole lot out of your time with any one subclass. Uh, if you're putting 10 hours a week into Gunslinger and then you're mixing it up for five or 10 hours, um, aside from that, then you're probably doing you're probably doing just fine, because um, you don't necessarily want to play 20 hours a week as a gunslinger. Um, there's a there's a concept in uh, in skill learning called spacing, um, where it's it's actually very valuable to practice, uh, and then to give yourself some time doing something else, doing other things with your life. Uh, to allow that practice to really sink in and your your subconscious to kind of absorb those skills and and um, also to spend some time consciously thinking about the things that you did and what was successful and what wasn't successful and then when you come back to it your you know your next practice session is going to be that much more effective and valuable for you so um, so it really is about you know how much time do you have to put in how much yeah or what what point are you at with that class like you said Mercules it's you know if you feel like you're doing terrible with every subclass, then you probably need to pick one uh, if you want to get good. Yeah, I mean, it's all a question of where you feel you are. We can't tell you that. You can only know for yourself. So. But, yeah, I think that pretty much answers the question. Yeah, I think so. Well, that is uh, that is that. That's another episode of Destiny Massive Breakdowns. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a Curse of Osiris weapons breakdown for you. And then at some point in the upcoming month and in real life episode as well. So I look forward to that. All right, fantastic. Peace.